Well, again, this is Lindy Kaiser. Welcome to the Security Clearance Careers Podcast. Today, we are very excited to have Julie Mendez with us. She is a career coach and a job search specialist with JSM Career Coaching. She also serves as the lead career coach at the Clearance Jobs Uncareer Fair events, which we're hosting one this July. So we're very excited to kind of sit down with her here and just chat with her a little bit more about Uncareer Fairs and career networking events. So thank you so much, Julie, for taking some time to chat with us. Oh, thank you for having me. One one thing I wanted to touch on to begin with is that in a recent clearancejobs.com survey, recruiters noted that career fairs were four or five on their list of job sourcing tools. Um, that said, we know that, that networking itself is very important. Have you noticed a decline in the traditional career fair or are they still a really good tool for job seekers to be using? Well, you know, I will never tell anybody not to do one, but statistically only three to five percent of job seekers get a job from attending a career fair. I would say that that number probably inches up if it's a specialty job fair or a specialty event. Specifically for cleared folks, obviously you're going to have a better luck getting a clearance-based job if you go to a clearance-based event. Statistically, the numbers aren't that high. I think that happens for two reasons. Number one, the amount of competition you're going to have at a job fair. So there might be 50 companies at that job fair and they might see 500 people or, or more come to a job fair. So if you're one out of 500, even amongst 50 com- companies, that's not really great odds. Um, the odds are really more in the favor of the company or the recruiters who are attending that fair because, hey, they might spend three hours and get to see 500 different candidates. That's much better odds in their favor. Um, but statistically, it's only 3 to 5% for job fairs in general. I would say it probably inches up if it's a specialty job fair. Most people don't have luck with that unless they're very entry level. Okay. That's interesting. I hadn't heard that statistic before. So then for the purposes of this conversation, maybe we'll talk a little bit about career fairs versus networking events. So um, I know you're in the D.C. metro area. I lived there for a number of years. There were more networking events than I knew what to do with in the city sometimes. I mean, I think every job I ever got in D.C., honestly, I got through word of mouth and through meeting someone at an event first. So none of those events were career fairs, but all of those were quote unquote networking events. So talk a little bit about informal networking maybe and how you can maybe treat that more like a career fair or a career opportunity than just hey I'm I'm getting lunch at this industry trade show. Right. You know, networking is awesome and DC I think just has networking down pat because I think it's something about the kind of the political culture, you know, who do you know, where you know, where have you been seen? Networking is the thing to do. Um and so like you said, there's you know 50 60 events a day that you could go to. Statistically, we know that 60 to 80 percent of people are going to get their jobs either from networking or internal referrals. You either schmooze your way in there and get yourself your interview or you meet somebody or you have a buddy who passes along your resume and that gets you an interview. I would say that I think, you know, networking is great to get to meet people. The more, you know, kind of more specialized as an event. So if you're an accountant kind of going to the, you know, the generic happy hours, you may have luck. But you would probably have better luck if you were going to the, you know, I don't know, the CPAs of Washington, D.C. type program because you're going to have a more targeted contact in that area. So if you have to choose, 
from any networking event, I would try to choose something more closely aligned with what you're looking for. So if you're a job seeker that's attending a career fair or a networking event, what kind of things should they focus on? How do you prepare for attending a career fair or a networking opportunity? Well, definitely try to do your homework as much as you can before you attend. Do research whatever you can. Oftentimes, you know, just by registering in advance, you might be able to see a list of participating organizations. So if you do get that list, check out their websites, do research, maybe check out and see, uh, check out the company on various, you know, social networking sites, see who you might be able to meet. If you know someone who's already working at that company, you know, so you can name drop, make yourself known. But also learn what jobs are already opening. If they're actively advertising a specific event on their, a specific job on their website that you would love to go in there for, walk in ready. You know, have the resume and the cover letter prepped that you can hand over. Hey, I've already applied online. Here's my resume in person. I would love to see you. And it doesn't always happen and you're not always ready. But, you know, you don't always have the chance to do that in advance. But whenever you do get the chance, I would definitely do your homework in advance. You know, make sure you have your list of questions that you might want to ask or, you know, questions that you have about the organization or that sort of thing. So when you have five or so minutes of that recruiter's time, you can take advantage of that or whomever you might meet at a networking event. That's great advice. And that's one thing I've noticed that successful job seekers have done, even at the clearance jobs on career fairs, they'll come up to us at the booth before they walk in the door and say, hey, can you tell me what which employers are here? Because um, even we try to send out a list ahead of time, but sometimes employers can't attend for whatever reason. And I think that's probably helpful for them to know, hey, who's actually there? And then also it helps because I know sometimes candidates I've seen um, and I remember this myself from going to networking events. There's somebody that you really wanted to meet or maybe a speaker you really wanted to meet. And then you either find out they're not there or they left early. And then you kind of saved up all of this opportunity for one person who's not even there. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's one of the most frustrating things that, you know, if once you get into job fair, I mean, you've probably seen, especially the really big ones, you know, people kind of go through the grocery store aisles. You know, you start at the right and you kind of work your way through. It always happens that the one person you really, really wanted to meet was at the very last table. And while everybody was going in that exact same line, and by the time you get there, they're frustrated because they haven't seen anybody, so they get up and leave. And so by the time you're there, they've already left. What I always tell people, don't go in the grocery store aisle line if that's how it's set up. Go, you know, kind of get the little map and pinpoint the ones that you want to make your priority A, whether those are the companies that are actively advertising for roles that you want, are there some of your, you know, your targeted companies, your top 10, 20 places you want to work, go hit them first, the ones that are actively advertising. So, you know, go out of the line, don't follow the crowd, go straight to the people you want to meet with first. And then priority B would be companies that you're interested in, but not quite sure of, or that maybe aren't advertising a job today. That would be priority B. And then priority C would just be kind of anybody else who's there because you don't really know what they are and who they do or that sort of thing. You couldn't find much out about them. You know, hit them last. And that way, you know, if you go to, you know, row X and everyone else is in row B, you might have a lot of kind of one-on-one -on -one individual time by working out of order from everyone else. That's a great tip. So one other question kind of related to that, how do you feel about bringing resumes or cards to career fairs and networking events? Is that a definite requirement that you have your resume and card on hand? Absolutely. I would highly recommend you bring more than you think you could possibly ever use um, because who knows if you need to drop off two or three at one company because you're, there's multiple people there. Our business cards are great as well. 
one thing I love about business cards that if you, you know, if you go forward and you kind of hand, proactively hand someone your card, they kind of subconsciously feel required to give you one back. So at least you get their contact info so you can follow up with them later. And that's kind of one of my tips about job fairs is not necessarily to walk in assuming you're going to get a job from it because the statistics are low. But look at it. Look at the job fair as a networking event in itself, because when else would you have a recruiter tied to a table that, you know, they're stuck there. So look at this as an opportunity to make it get a name, get a face, let them see your face and, you know, kind of exchange contact info. So maybe three or four or five days after the networking, after the job fair, by the time they kind of caught up from everyone else, you can kind of whip in and say, hey, remember we met and you can follow up with an email or contact that way as well. And so what about the length of the resume? Do you recommend a targeted one page resume to have it on career fair? Is it okay to have a stapled or paper clipped longer form resume that you pass out as well? Staples is fine. I would keep to one to two pages max. Studies show recruiters are going to spend about maybe six to 10 seconds looking at a resume. So anything longer than two pages is probably just a waste of paper. You don't necessarily need a laundry list of everything you've done in your life, but that two page, you know, um, targeted resume would probably be just fine. Highlighting your strengths, your skills, what you bring to the table, just make sure that they pick up the phone and call you in for that interview. Yeah. And another thing that I, I've noticed too, as well, attending the Uncareer Fair, sometimes people if you're attending a specific event, like everybody in this audience has security clearance or everybody's, you know, fits the same criteria. So maybe I'm not going to bring my resume that highlights my security clearance, but you never know. I've, I've had a lot of recruiters say they take resumes that they attended those events and they pass them along to other colleagues once they get back to the office. If they know, hey, I don't have a position for this, I, I'm, they're going to pass along. So don't assume that just the recruiter you're, you're there for is going to take that resume. Kind of know that ideally that resume might have legs and might get passed along to somebody else as well. Absolutely. Never take anything for granted. The Boy Scout motto is always be prepared. And I would think about that for the job fairs as well or for networking events, especially the Uncareer Fair. Be prepared that you're going to meet 20 to 30 recruiters or from 20 to 30 companies. Have those resumes ready. Um, have your business cards ready and walk in ready to introduce yourself and to meet people. And so outside of the career fairs or the uncareer fairs, how can you proactively find events or networking events to attend? Can you speak to that at all or offer any advice there? I would say my favorite is through word of mouth. Getting that personal recommendation from someone who had success with it is usually by far the best ones you're going to find. The other things I might do is ask around, you know, kind of like look at on the, kind of social networking sites, look at what's being advertised into the local groups. Because oftentimes when I was, you know, hosting events, I would always put, hey, you know, put the link and the information on various sites just trying to generate buzz. I would also, there's two websites that I really like, especially for the D.C. market, is eventbrite.com. That's E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E.com. And you can actually go on their site and see everything that's listed on their site for today. And of course, honestly, it's so popular in the D.C. area, you might have to scroll through 50 different events per day. It's not that there's junk on there. It's just so much quality events that you would have to narrow it down to what's most realistic and the best for you. The other thing I really like is meetup.com, M-E-E-T-U-P.com. And this is a free site that anybody with any sort of group of organization kind of manages their members and their RSVPs for events, but they can't charge for tickets on Meetup. 
some of the nonprofits or the, the smaller groups would probably use Meetup more than they would Eventbrite. I've seen free stuff on Eventbrite as well. And you just kind of have to dig through and try everything out once. And usually when I go to an event, I will always ask, you know, that's kind of one of my, you know, you know, kind of stock questions that I ask people when I'm walking around is, so how has this event worked out for you before? Have you been here before? What did you like about this event? What other events have you tried out? Which did you like? Um, and, you know, I always am asking that kind of creating my own list of networking events to attend in the area as well. I think those are those are great tips and great ideas to look up, you know, look at some of those sites and proactively look for events that you can attend, whether you're actively job seeking or you're just, you know, want to stay in tune to your industry, finding something you enjoy and then who knows, it might lead to a, to a great job opportunity. Absolutely. I find, um, you know, when you're a job seeker, you really have to do a lot more than when you're not. Um, I always tell people, just fill up your calendar. Get out of the house as much as you can. There is something about putting on the suit or putting on the business attire that just kind of puts your brain back in sync and keeps you in the game. You know, for women, I always joke it's the pantyhose rule. Like, you know, there's something about putting on pantyhose that makes me think like a, you know, a professional person. Um, versus the sweats. So, um, you know, getting those on your calendar and having them regularly scheduled is great. And if you're already in a job and in a career, I think it's really important to stay in tune and keep in touch with what's happening in the market and keeping your network, you know, as I say, warm and fuzzy. You don't want it to get cold and stagnant where you have to revive it when you do need it. Keep it ready, you know, kind of keep it primed and ready for you so that when you do have to take advantage of that network, it's available. I love I love the pantyhose rule. I think the opposite of that is the yoga pants rule, which is someone who works from home. I think I, I need to apply that sometimes. Oh, get out of my yoga pants and go somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I, I work from home as well most of the time. And I always dread putting on the suits and stuff because of having to put all that nonsense on. Once I get there, I'm fine. It's just the, oh, great. I've got to wear pantyhose. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, it, it's the, it's the opposite rule. So, you know, they always say, you know, if you're not used to working like that, if you're used to working in a, in an office and in suits and things that, you know, your mind can kind of go to mush wearing the sweats all day long. Yeah. So um, get dressed up and get out of the house. I do. I think, I mean, it is kind of, you, you, you feel better and feel definitely more confident. And I think career fairs are always a, a bit of a, an awkward situation. Even the uncareer fairs where we try to make it really informal, there's just pressure there. Um, so kind of to that note, you know, do you think about an elevator pitch or is it important to practice kind of what you're going to say, whether you're attending a networking event or a career fair, is it good to have that elevator pitch down before you go? I would highly recommend it because even if you think you've got it down, you know, even if you think you're the greatest network in the world, it's always comforting to have a couple things in your back pocket that you can rely on. Should you kind of get flustered in an event, you, you still have that pitch ready to go. Or should you get there and have stage fright and freeze up? You don't have to make things up on the spot. You've got to, you know, all you have to do is kind of whip it out of your back pocket and just, you know, and use it. I always recommend that you have your introduction and your pitch ready to go. Also, what are your three top strengths? You know, why would, what are the top three reasons people would want to hire you? What are those three top skills that make you marketable? And a couple success stories, you know, short ones you know, two minutes, maybe that, you know, if they asked you about one of your strengths, you could prove what you're saying about yourself based on a success story. So having all those in your back pocket can be very, you know, relaxing and become a, you'll come across 
more confident because you're prepared. Sometimes the perception of nerves of I don't know what to say, it's not that you don't, it's getting it out of your mouth versus I'm looking for words because I don't know what I'm talking about. And those two things can sometimes be perceived the same. That, that's great advice and great information. I think, yeah, definitely the art of storytelling is important. And so um, practicing that so you can you can do it well is, is key. And maybe that'll help out with my next question. I kind of wanted to ask about um, the admittedly socially awkward. And I say that with a lot of affection and some affinity toward that phrase. Um, so I love the informal networking events like the luncheons and things like that because I, I'm less awkward eating a sandwich, ironically, than I am you know, going up to a table of people and I find kind of the table format very intimidating and even just knowing sometimes you're talking, you know, to an employer as a job seeker, if you know that that's you and that that striking up a conversation easily, it just it doesn't come naturally. Do you have tips for that personality type in preparing for these events? I know it doesn't sound like over a podcast, but I tend to be fairly introverted myself. I think networking or going to these events can be very intimidating because you think you have to meet every person in the room. And it's the crowds that are more intimidating than anything. So like you said, you know, having a sandwich or something you know, that gives you something to do with your hands. Okay. So that's always a good, have something that you can do with your hands, whether that's have a drink in your hand or something, because that feels more comfortable. But my other thing is, you know, don't worry about having to meet all 50 people in the room because you really don't need to know all 50 people in the room. You just really need to meet the five people that are important for you to meet, which might be different for every single person. So, you know, one of the great thing, one of the great attributes of an introverted person is they tend to go for deep, meaningful, quality conversation versus quantity of quantity of conversation. I mean, that's a stereotype, but so making those deep, meaningful connections can really long be of a long-term advantage. And I know introverts don't necessarily think of it that way. So just, I would say, you know, if you can do your homework in advance, and have your, you know, okay, these are the companies that I know are my, my first priorities to meet, then you really only have to worry about meeting four or five people, not 50. And that's a lot less intimidating. But then also just practice your pitch. Practice that wording so you don't kind of trip over your tongue. You know, you don't start to kind of get nervous and, and get tongue-tied there. But so those words really come easily out of your mouth. And once you get started, the conversation usually will take care of itself. That's great advice. So we're looking forward to having you at the Uncareer Fair coming up. Can you, can you maybe give a preview about what you'll be doing there, what you'll be talking about with the job seekers who attend? Yeah, absolutely. I love doing the Uncareer Fair because it's such a fun event. It's, um, it is a more intimate environment so that you really can have those kind of really good connections versus standing in the long lines of the job fair, which you, know, you just kind of feel like a, a number there. What I'll be focusing on with the job seekers is we'll be kind of working on that pitch practicing introducing yourself, getting that really good good and strong so you can walk confidently up to those recruiters and make very meaningful connections. Great. Well, I'm definitely excited for the event and uh, very excited for the candidates who are going to be there and also the employers getting the, the chance to network and meet job seekers. We try to kind of diffuse some of the usual tension you have at those events, but 
you can't argue with the fact that networking, anytime you can do it, whether you're actively looking or you're passively looking, um, it's, it's always good. So thank you for offering up your tips um, in this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast. If you have more questions um, or would like more job search advice, you can actually find a number of articles that Julie's written for us on our site at news.clearancejobs.com. Everything from cover letter format to how to sell yourself with your resume. So thank you again, Julie, so much for your time and for being with us. Thank you.